Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Doug, what's the good word, my guy? Man, I'm chilling over here, Prez, man. Feeling good, man. Looking to go get me a workout in. You know, I'm cool, man. Yes, sir. Hey, dude, nice weather, man, in the Shire, I heard. I'm not in KC, but it's decent out here as well. But, man, I heard the weather in the Shire is nice today. Yeah, man, it's cool, man. You know, starting to see some changes right with the weather, you know. We're starting to get into that somewhere near summertime you know, weather, but we we in good shape, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's the time of the year when I start to feel alive again. It's as long as we can keep that stupid rain away, man, we, we be good. I know we April. I know everybody going to say, oh, prayers, April showers. I get it. But <laughs> I had to sit out of the White Sox game, and, and I got drenched on, man. I'm going to tell you all about that a little bit later on, but – I'm just sick of this rain, a dub. I just I like days like this where the sun is outside, the birds are chirping, everything's good. Yeah, I love the good weather, man. Like you said, with that sun shining, man, I love it, bro. Yes, sir. So all this, I just teased it a second ago. I'm out in KC covering the AAU tournament, and what I will tell y'all, if you guys do not follow prep sports, okay, that's fine. But for our people to do, this is for you. Day Day Ames from Kenwood, this boy is a problem. This man is a walking bucket and i'm telling you, you guys will hear us talk a lot about him on this show over the course of this summer because aw and i be covering various aau tournaments all over the midwest pretty much all summer so we gonna let we gonna be that go-to source for all things chicago sports ain't hey, just the pros you gonna come here we gonna have y'all linked up on the prep side too yes sir follow us and check us out yes sir hey new website coming your way 30 days up there. All our content will be available to y'all. So listen, we more than the podcast here, what we're doing with Chicago State of Mind. And A-Dub, you know, this whole venture that you and I started to do together, it just grew and it grew and it grew until all the different teams that we started to cover. And then even our vision for what we're doing with this thing. And I'm just blessed, man, that we have reached a point, man, where we're getting recognized as media, that we're getting access to all these exclusive events. It's been really dope. But listen, we still got a lot more work to do because there's still some people that are closing doors in our faces. <laughs> President President don't like doors being closed in our faces. So we're going to have to really show these folks why we need to be in these rooms. All of them. Yeah, man, we're working our tails off to get there. So uh, continue to support us, man. We really appreciate you all rocking with us. 
Yes, sir. Let's get to our Power Book Episode 9 recap, A-Dub. So this episode here, man, they didn't waste any time forcing <laughs> Vic to deal with the aftermath of the death of Gloria, A-Dub. Man, Prez, you're right. This episode was insane, man. It went nuts. And with the fact of, you know, Glory being murdered, man, you know, in that car accident, now you have Walter Flynn kind of like influencing his kids, man, that Tommy Egan is the problem, right? He made it out to be Tommy as the issue, man. Of course, the servers are the issues. He's making it out to be them as well. But, man, he has a target for Tommy Egan. Yeah, you, and you see in, the, in that in the aftermath for that shit when Claudia got that call, because Claudia, she, she had something in her mind in that car. Then she got that phone call. Man, she was so cold how she kicked Shorty up out of that car. I was like, damn, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he started off all good, looking to make out this. And you got the goat, like now. <laughs> She's like, I ain't stutter. <laughs> <laughs> man, her whole body language changed, didn't it? But that's how you that's how you know, man. It's family first with her, bro. Yeah, family with everything, baby. But um, but no, but with that's the next scene though that comes is when. Vic and 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 um and Walter are like talking to Claudia about the situation of all oh, how Tommy was involved. Claudia at first was kind of like looking sideways, like, I don't know, that don't sound like Tommy, some Tommy right. shit, right? Mm -hmm. So she kind of gave Tommy the benefit of the doubt in that moment. But all that you see as that episode goes on, she kind of started to get a little cold towards Tommy. She started uh not accepting his phone calls. And then AW, you saw what Tommy pulled up on. Her. Right, right. You want to talk like, hey, look, you've been ignoring my calls. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's up? What's up here? You know, and then it gets even crazier, friends, when she sees Tommy with one of the Serbs, right? Yeah. Like, uh oh, uh oh, like, uh oh, maybe you guys are right. Maybe Tommy is working with the Serbs. And see, they didn't even know what that whole thing was about. Right. Exactly. So that just, pr pr to your point, made Claudia feel like, you know what? Maybe Tommy did have something to do with my brother getting, you know, getting shot at. Well, this is the thing, man. These, these Flynn's, they don't realize how their father's just a huge manipulator. And they don't. And he got this opportunity because he hates Tommy. Now, I know he don't like the service, but he don't like Tommy either. But, <laughs> and my thing is, Tommy, the early part of the episode at least, is totally unaware that Walter's coming for him. But the other part you're trying to allude to as well is that, remember, in a previous episode, Walter Flynn wanted Tommy on his side. That's and right. Tommy refused. So because yep. Tommy refused, he understands the relationship that Tommy has with pretty much with Vic, right? It probably even maybe Claudia, that he's like, oh, you're trying to take my kids away from me, you know? <laughs> and you're trying to divide us. So now he's, like you said, that manipulation piece of is what's coming at the plate now is that Walter Flynn, like, look, I just don't want nothing to do with Tommy. He don't want to work with me. I don't want nothing to do with him. I want this guy gone. Yeah. And we and we know how Walter Flynn is. He's a cold son of a bitch, man. So <laughs> if he wants something, it's going to happen. I mean, you saw how he was with them Serbs. He was real fucking quick with them. <laughs> Hey, he would have held that business himself, right, friends? Right. Off them guys, I said, oh, okay. Walter Flynn, don't play. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, I got to ask you this, right? So remember how we talked about on the last episode, we talked about D-Mac and how hey, we're starting to see some things align here with his character when it relates to, to JP and also when it relates to Tommy. So right. in this episode, we see that, hey, they got a solid little group forming. You know, D-Mac, he's working from his spot at the, spash, at the stash house. You saw him right. over there talking to Tommy. He looks all comfortable because he's a numbers guy. Correct. And Tommy's like, hey, you're the smartest kid that I know. But let me just say this to you, A-Dub. Why did D-Mac have to get back linked up with his boy again, the one that played him, right? Yeah. 
And now he goes up to them and says, hey, I, I got the plug on Dahlia. <laughs> so the dudes at Gary. I'm yeah. like, what did you do it, D-Mac? Yeah, D-Mac tripping, man. D-Mac go out there with his boyfriends and try to do some deals, right, to get back at CBI, right? They both mad at CBI, you know? Like, look, you guys want to kick us to the curb? We'll go around you guys. And you're right, D-Mac made a bad move by doing that, Chris, by going over there to, to, um, to Gary and trying to strike a deal. Yeah, because you know when when Tommy looks at D-Mac, he looks at him and he kind of feels like he reminds him of Ghost a little bit because you know how he always said Ghost was like a real smart cat. Right. And so Tommy's always telling D-Mac, like, dude, you're smart. He's like telling him, like, I don't even want you to be a part of the game because he's like, this game ain't good for people, man. Right, right. And that was dope from Tommy even sitting down with him like, man, this only in one way, which you're getting killed kind of a thing, right? So he's like, look, you may want to find something else to do other than being part of this game. And you know what? At this point, JP still has no idea that this is his son, right? And Tommy right. is in contact with him still. And also, I feel kind of bad for JP, man, because JP's still more than his grandma. And you know how family is for JP, but he didn't really know her that much, right? Right. And then... He expresses to the fact that he expresses the fact that he reached out to Kate, also somebody else that he don't really know about. So this kind of feels like for for JP's sake, he has a lot of like trauma in his life of people that he just feels like he doesn't feel connected to. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like also he's trying to figure out who he is as a person as well. Like, okay, I know my dad, right? But I don't know the other side of my family. They don't try to really understand and get the note, right? Because that's part of me. So a part of me is missing here. And he's trying to figure it out, right? <laughs> Along with all the drama that he's going through. Yep. Now, remember when JP's pops asked him how that whole conversation went and JP said, oh, yeah, I didn't give her a chance to respond because I just hung up uh, real quick. Right. Right. And his father was like, hey, that ain't going to be no magical moment with her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pops didn't hold back, did you, little pops? I'm going there expecting something, you know, some flowers and all this stuff and roses. We ain't going to get that here. No, because what happened later in the episode when JP called her ass again, her number was disconnected, son. Man, bro, I was like, they talk about cold-hearted? That's cold, right? <laughs> bro, that is so cold. I'm talking about, dude, imagine being rejected again. Yep. Again, bro. That's just ugly, man. It just shares you. It tells you that, hey, she don't want to be bothered with you at this point. <laughs> yep. But now, okay, back to the Flins for a second, right? Because you know how I talked earlier about how Walter Flynn is a manipulator. Right, now, you know he's been keeping Claudia on the outside when it comes to the business, want her to focus on behind the scenes stuff, right? Focus right. on the business side, and he wanted Vic to kind of be more of a viable person. Now all of a sudden, uh, Walter Flynn sees that he's losing his daughter a little bit because he knows that she's out here doing and making moves yep. outside of him, outside of the family. Now what he's doing now? Now he's got her front and center. Want to bring it on the other side now? Yep, want to bring it in, which is something she always wanted, right? So, like you saying, Perez, that's the other manipulation piece of it, right? Now he wants to bring it on the other side to the lure in. And what she do? She made a vow to her family, which now that's going to set the stage for what's going to happen here in episode 10 when it comes to that relationship between her and Tommy. And what? Dahlia. Mm, Perez, I have no idea. It's just a tough situation in itself, man. And how about uh, Walter Flynn putting that guilt trip on Vic saying, oh, if you hadn't tried to run, uh, Gloria would still be alive. We know that shit ain't true. Why would he tell that shit to Vic? That's, he's a terrible fucking father, bro. He is, man. He is. And what tripped me out, though, you saw how when Polly was talking to uh, Walter Flynn after he left the house, right, 
And Paul's like, why you all so upbeat all of a sudden? Your son uh-huh. got shot and you act like everything all good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you can see that he's all, you know, feeling himself now because he got his, got his daughter back, got his son back, man. So it's like Walter is playing everybody right now, man. His kids to get what he wants. And remember, Dub, Walter put a hit out on Gloria that Paulie never, he never initiated. He didn't want to do that shit. Right, right. Polly has a good head on his shoulder in a way. You know what I'm saying? Polly, like, look, I'm not trying to go overboard. He also knows what his team is at right now. Like, hey, we look thin right now. We can't be going out here just acting crazy, right, and being reckless. So Polly kind of have a good mindset of saying, look, I'm trying to be smart about everything. And Claudia wasn't the only one that kind of initially looked at the situation with Tommy and said, well, why would he have anything to do with getting uh, getting with the serves? Because right. Polly was kind of looking at it too. Like, I don't know about this one. Right. Don't make any sense because, you know, like he said, man, hey, look, it's easy. You know, he could have shot Vic a long time ago if he wanted to. If he wanted to kill Vic, he could have been done it. Tell me he could have been done this. Mm-hmm. And what was what, also what also did, what also did Paulie remind Walter Flynn in this episode? He told that man, we don't have the manpower to fight the Serbs and they do not. Right. Right. So what's crazy even with that is what Walter do? He called it reinforcement, right? He called ooh, these other dudes. Ooh. The real Irish mob, baby. <laughs> Man, and did they not make an interest when they came, Brass? Bruh, <laughs> bruh. I was even kind of shook watching that. I was like, good Lord. Yeah, these dudes, they kind of play no games, man. No, no, sir. No, sir. But yeah, man, I mean, this episode here, I mean, it's it, it just everybody's gunning for Tommy right now. And, man, <laughs> but what did I say a couple episodes ago? I was like, with Tommy. He got too comfortable in Chicago real quick. <laughs> he did, man. He did. It's like it's all backfired a little bit at him now, man. Mm-hmm. And even towards this episode, so Tommy's over here doing his own thing. He has no idea still that uh, Vic and Gloria had been hit, right? right? Until him and Claudia to talk. And that's right. what Claudia lets him know, let him know what happened. Mm-hmm. And when he found out, it's like, uh-oh. It kind of like you know was a hit, hit him hit him pretty hard, right? Because you know he did care about it, as you know, right? He was worried. You can even see up until that point, he kept calling her, right? We were trying to see where she's at, and Glory wasn't picking up. So to hear the news, it was like a, a, a tough news for him to take, man. Yeah, because Liliana was the one that told him, right? And she yep. was like, "Hey, this is what happened." Tommy had no idea, and uh, he asked about Gloria. He said she didn't have any knowledge about Gloria, something along those lines, right? right? I she think that's sure how she, she said, right? She wasn't sure if Glory was with them when, when, when he got shot. So right, right. You can find out until he had that conversation, like you said, with Claudia. That's when he got the news, like, oh, shoot, this explains why she has not been answering my call. Mm-hmm. So now, as we know how Tommy is with family, just like JP is, now you see JP in the lab. He's so damn happy because he's making his money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, JP, like, I want to continue doing this, man, beyond the money I need, man. But what Tommy say? Hey, this got a shelf life. Right, right. We'll talk about some next step, man, when, when you make the money you need, right? Once you get out of debt, we'll talk about next step, man. So tell me, like, I'm not so sure if I want to keep you with this business, you know? Right. And now, one thing, though, is that JP, you know, while he feels safe, Tommy knows, man, when you're in this drug game, you ain't never really safe. Right. And that's what Tommy's been trying to do in the beginning, where, right, friends, keep this man safe. So, man, there's just a lot to unpack on this episode because you still got the situation that's going on now with uh, – So, we didn't, we, didn't, we, no, we didn't even talk about the fact that JP and Tommy got into it about the Kate situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tommy went to the tunnel something, but then 
when he found out from JP about him calling Kate, Tommy just snapped off, right? You don't know what mm-hmm. she just started, man. You do not know what she started here. Did you tell her about me? Did you tell her man was JP denied doing that, which he did. He didn't tell anything about him at all. But it's like you started a problem that, that probably can't be fixed. Yeah, because Tommy knows where this shit's going to end. Because, you know, Kate may start fucking searching for Tommy. She mm-hmm. may come to Chicago. Right. And now she at risk. She comes to Chicago. Tommy got all this stuff going on, right, Brez? Trying to keep JP safe. Trying to keep the old D-Max safe. You know, and then all of a sudden his mom. Hey, now you're adding more problems on Tommy hands. And that's the part why that's why Tommy, he cussed him clean the fuck out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hold back at all, man. At all. So that part right there, it, it sets the stage for what we see later in that episode because there's a lot of bullshit that's happening in this episode. So that damn Detective Bennigan, yeah. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting shaken down by that damn cop. <laughs> yeah, he is. That cop playing no games. Like, hey, man, run that 50 grand, man. Run that 50 grand. And <laughs> keep <laughs> Don't give me no excuse. You can't get it. Go get the money, and we cool. Yep. Go get me my money. <laughs> <laughs> and that cop, man, losing his mind right now, Chris, to the fact that he actually had to go rob Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. And Diamond gave it to him. But I'm wondering if that's not going to buy Diamond a little bit of favor with this cop. Yeah, because it's like Diamond feel a little, little bit at fault to what happened to, I guess, that dude's sister or something. Yep. They can't. They wouldn't even tell us the entire story with that situation. But shit, you know, Diamond gave a dude 150K. He's like, hey, I'll give you 150. Instead of the 100 you wanted, I'm going to give you 150. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we get now. So now we got that part, right? And so now with the fact that Tommy realizes, okay, Claudia's ghosting me. Yep. That last conversation that he had with Claudia wasn't so good. Because what she tell him? She told him to fucking get ready. Right, right. Watch it back, too. Get ready and watch yep. it back. And then Liliana, she finds out about that Irish mob coming to Chicago. So now Tommy knows things ain't looking too good for me. So now, Aiden, what is my boy Tommy going to do? He first go holler um, Diamond, right, to see if he can get some help. Hey, I need some backup. <laughs> Diamond, like, I can't help you, bro. You on your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tommy go holler at the service, right? Like, okay, shit, let me go holler at the service then. Hey, look, he talking about what wants to flame those guys. When they got some people coming for you, it's going to cost you. <laughs> and I need some backup. I know it's going to cost me as well. So I need some protection, right? I need some help. And they strike a deal. And that's why... When Tommy was with the Serb and Claudia saw that shit, that's when she realized, oh, they might have been right about Tommy. Yep. So now Tommy really needs protection now, bro. Because <laughs> now, because mm-hmm. he don't know that Claudia's seen him at this point. So he don't know. So now this protection you really do need, bro. <laughs> you really do need it now. No, you sure do. You sure do. But I will say this. Okay. Now we talked about the fact of what D-Mac did. When him and his boy Marshall pulled up on dude from Gary. Yeah, yeah. Now, Tommy was happy to see D-Mac back at the safe house. And D-Mac was like, oh, yeah, I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you. Now, Tommy wanted to tell him who he was to him, right? Yep. D-Mac over here telling him about, hey, man, I just I just plugged down you with you. I got you guys into Gary. And Tommy was so fucking mad at him. He was. He was heated, man. Tommy was heated and went in on the kid. And when you look at that two, when you look at that situation, D-Mac don't realize the type, he didn't realize the type of trouble 
that he's caused by doing that. Right. And that's what Tommy revealed to him. I'm well aware <laughs> that you've been shooting up the club for attention <laughs> and that JP is your father. And he also said, I'm your uncle. Yep. That shit was too much for D-Mac to handle, but that boy, he was up out of there. He hey, pulled he the went, gun on Tommy. Yeah, he did. Tommy was like, hey, man, you ain't no shooter, man, so I ain't worried about you shooting me. <laughs> you ain't going to shoot me, man. Kid, like you said, runs up out of there, man. He's emotional. Tommy hollered him, you know? But this sets the stage for the major cliffhanger from this episode while Tommy and D-Mac, after they, you know, kind of like talk through things and, and have a little bit of a heart-to-heart, a car pulls up on them, D-Mac gets hit. Right. Man, that was crazy. The question I have for you, Prince, who shot at this? Man, that was crazy. I was thinking about Jannar, right? Like, did, did, did Jannar come and shoot at Tommy? I don't know, man. Did he send some hitters at Tommy? Still trying to figure that out, Perez. But, man, that was tough seeing deep Mac get shot, man. Honestly, Dub, I think that's a good guess. I think it probably be because Jannar do be doing them late night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you know how Jannar is, man. His ass too suspicious, bro. He be like, look, he be lurking, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, hey, Tommy got a shot off on one of them people too now. Yep. Got good aim, boy. Tommy can shoot, man. He can yep. shoot but D-Mac got hit in that abdomen, and I don't know, you know what that means for him, but uh, Tommy got him to the hospital, and that's when he calls JP. Mm-hmm. Tell JP the truth, right? Hey, man, <laughs> it's your son. It's your son. And JP, you know how he is. He already got drama going on, right, Prez? He's already emotional. Now he's in a bigger emotional state once he finds out that's his son. Yeah, he lashed out at Tommy. So now they both got reason to be mad at each other. You know what I mean? Yep. He, re- he rushes into the hospital to go see after his son, rightfully so. But now, listen, while I'm praying that D-Mac survives, I'm looking at this situation like what you brought up earlier with the damn Irish mob coming to team up with uh, with Walter Flynn and his family. It's going to be an all-out war episode 10 in Chicago. I swear, man, it's not going to end well <laughs> for somebody, man. And then you add to another element to all this, friends, that Diamond and Jannard are not on the same page, Prez. Yep. You know Diamond heard that, that conversation, right? So episode 10 can get really crazy for relationship between Diamond and his brother and then also the service, Walter Flynn, and Tommy Egan, man. All those different dynamics right there, Prez. It's going to be something else, bro. It's going to be something else. So audience, we're going to have that episode 10 recap for y'all. I promise y'all, it's going to be some bloodshed. It's going to be some major bloodshed in episode Ooh, 10. Oh, without a doubt, Chris. Woo! All right, man, let's get into our sports content, man. So let's start off with your Chicago Cubs. My boy Suzuki, man, how about that little hit streak that he starts out the season on, man? But, bro, he's he been hot, man. He's been hot. Suzuki, baby! Suzuki in the shine. Man, he came out, Chris, on something epic. Something that hasn't been done since, what, since the stats been in play? I mean, when you talk about what the, the eight plus RBIs and the four plus walks, man, within that short time frame, I'm like, man, this dude came out ready to ball, Prez, and he appeared to be the real deal, man. So I am happy for Suzuki, man, in his first five games with the Cubs, Prez, how he came out. Hey, he's been pretty impressive, man. Been really impressive, and also too, hey, Chris Bryant returned. Yeah, man, Chris Bryant back in the shot, baby, with the Colorado Rockies, right? Yep, with the Rockies, you know what I mean? Um, 
And I would say, too, uh, you guys beat them on Thursday night, cooled them off, because the Rockies, from what I understand, they were kind of playing pretty well. Yeah, man, we got to slow them guys down, man. Of course, it's always good to play against your old team if you're Chris Bryant, but if you're the Cubs, you want to get a win against the guy, right? Because he's a guy that done well for you, helped you win a championship, and you want to have a good showing against him. Yeah, but back to Suzuki real quick, man. He started not only just with the fan base, but the, his the clubhouse. I mean, because your boy Schwindel, they asked him about Suzuki, and he said, "Look, I'll take him in the lineup every day of the week." I, I, I when I when I saw him say that, I kind of I kind of laughed a little bit. I was like, <laughs> "Hey, they have a fun. They like him being on the team." Yeah, man, he's like he'd be a nice guy, even though you have an interpreter right that's over there in the dugout. You can see that his personality, right, Prez? People like his personality. The guy seems to be. A fun guy to be around. Looks like he had fun playing baseball. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm becoming a fan of Suzuki Perez just off his personality, not just off his hitting and things of that nature, but also his personality. Yeah, he got a great personality, but, man, great hitter, great eye. I mean, you talked about those walks. I mean, this is a guy that's slowly getting adjusted to Major League Baseball. And I mean, look at Ari. He's already coming in here and getting shit done. So, man. yeah, man, coming in, making an impact already, betting like what? 360-something early on, of course. And you're right, generating the walks, man. This is a guy that knows, knows how to get on base press, and he knows the strike zone very well. Hey, and you guys aren't playing so bad. Yeah, not bad at all for, for the Cubs. You know, you know, and I, you and I talked about it already, Perez, about what I say I thought this team would end up bad. But starting off 4-3, and three, man, it's not a bad thing for the Cubs at this point. No, not a bad thing at all. And like I said – it was kind of cool seeing Chris Bryant back in, in, in Wrigley. The fans, were obviously, you know, they love Chris Bryant. And of the media was all surrounding him. You know, he said, <laughs> I enjoyed my time in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? But he said, I don't know if it warrants a press conference every time I play against him. And I said, damn, <laughs> Chris, like, okay, I don't want all this attention now every time I come out here. He's right, though, friends. Like, you got to let it go, right? People got to let it go. Like, we've done this before with him. we see them come back here, whatever. It's not our first time playing against Chris Bryant, you know. So he's right, man. Every time you play against Chicago, it should be no big deal. But it's, it's hard to say that because you got to think about that. That was an important chapter in his career. He was a part of a team that won a World Series for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, when the, we haven't won one in so long. So <laughs> so it's like it's always, like you said, it's always a big deal. The fans really, you know, appreciate his efforts, right? So you're right. I, I see the point there. But I'm with Chris Bryant. Like, look, when are you going to let it go, though? <laughs> when are we going to let this die down? <laughs> I don't, it won't be anytime soon, because I guarantee you, every time some, one of these former Cubs from those teams show up, the fan base, the media, they're going to be all over it. <laughs> they, they are, man. And the thing is, I'm not lie to you, man, Press. I do miss the guy in the Cubs uniform. I'm a fan of Chris Brown. I think I shared with you already, bro. Uh, I, I kind of miss the guy because I like what he did, man. He's one of the guys that was homegrown, right, came from the farm system. Yep. You know, so it's like, dude, you're, you're close to this team, and you also won with this team, and you had a good run, right? Was in the playoffs like what four straight years in a row, win the championship. So that's a big deal. We haven't seen a run like that in Chicago. I don't know when, right? When it comes out of baseball, so you were part of some success in Chicago. So I get why people are making a big deal out of it, dude, with you not being on the team. So you're right, Perez. You may have to get used to that for a little while longer, man. Yeah, but listen, he's with Colorado now. They gave a man 182 million dollars. So for him. <laughs> He's good, and he got a no-trade clause. Oh, yeah. He, he, and he's the driver's seat right now, friends. Mm-hmm. And listen, he got the deal that he wanted. I mean, he wanted a big payday. He got it, you know. So it is what it is. Good luck to him. But listen, your Cubs, man, hopefully they can keep playing kind of steady because right now I'm liking what I'm seeing. They're getting some decent hitting, but pitching has been better than I expected. Oh, yeah, man. Pitcher has been better than I expected as well, Perez. You know, I know Strowman had a tough outing, you know, the last game. Yeah, he did. Rockies. 
But the overall, like you said, the pitch has been pretty solid, man. If they can continue to get some solid pitching prayers, who knows what this team will be down the road, right? That's what they're going to need. But again, we also saw last year where they got to a hot start and then they folded, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I hope that will happen, but I'm hoping I'm hoping for some good things with this team, friends. They can continue to get good pitching, man. Now, with my White Sox now, on the other hand, now, Woo! man, I'm saying this team here, mm. excited. Now, A-Dub, you know I was at the game on Wednesday. Yes, you got were. Rained on. I'm talking about all this. I talked about that earlier. <laughs> After sitting that shit for nine fucking innings, bro, I'm sorry. I'm over this rain here in Chicago. Stop it already because AW, it did not stop. It was constant. Your boy didn't have no poncho. I'm a south side. I ain't wearing no damn poncho. I threw a little. <laughs> I went to friends. <laughs> yes, sir. Listen, all I had was a hood and constant alcohol. That's all I needed. <laughs> so you, you look like you were when you was in uh, Alabama, right? When we out there, friends. Oh, out there. That's exactly what it was like. Exactly <laughs> what it was like. And audience, what A-Dub's talking about, we were at the Senior Bowl in, in Mobile, Alabama, earlier in the, in, the, in, the, in the year, and we got hit in a rainstorm, bro. I'm talking about me and A-Dub had no umbrella, no poncho, just out there, just wet for no damn reason. Soaking wet, bro. My, my everything in my bag was wet as hell, friends. <laughs> Dude, I lost a laptop that day. Just, yeah, you did. Just, it just got. It was no coming back from that laptop. Not at all, man. Not at all. But no, but that game though, the other night, Wednesday night, it was a good time though. It was a lot of fans that didn't show up, obviously, because they didn't want to sit out there in that shit. But for the right. people that was there, boy, it was a rowdy crowd, boy. It was rowdy, and I'm talking about man. A lot of home runs got hit that night. My boy T.A. had a home run. My boy Eloy had a home run. And come on now, audience. Shout out to my boy Lewis Robert. Lou Bob in the building. Also went deep. This Ooh, team wait. right here, I promise y'all, and I'm not just saying this because I am a Sox fan. Just who's going to fuck with this team right now? Because if our pitching can be as consistent as the way that the hitting has been right now, it's a problem. It's going to be a major problem, friends, because you guys are loaded with hitters, man. I mean, loaded, bro. And you talk about Roberts. I mean, you know, Robert, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I say he's going to be the best player in the White Sox this season, dude. This dude has a chance to be one of the top five players in in MLB, Prince. That's how good he can be, man. Exactly. That's what I tell people, man. Like, fuck the best player on the Sox. He can be top five. Yeah, man. I'm a fan, Prince. Just watching how he swings the bat, how he runs, Prince, how he plays the field. This dude, just to me, just seems to be the real deal, bro. He's a five-tool player. Yeah. Like, no no if and no buts about it. But also in this ball game, shout out to Dallas Keiko. Yep. He got it done. Got it done. And if he can play well for you all, Prince, the second half of the season, because right now he seems to be pretty cool right now, right? But if he can continue pitching well for you guys, man, look, man. Look, you all go to a next step. When we think about what other pitches you all lost, wouldn't even matter at this point. This dude can step in, do his job very well, man. That is a plus for the White Sox. Yeah, he had win number 100. And you know what was kind of interesting in that ball game? So Robbie Ray, and he's a hell of a pitcher. Robbie Ray, though, when it was his time to pitch there in that second inning, that's when it was really coming down out there. Boy. <laughs> I'm talking about, boy, it was hard as hell for Robbie to get those pitches up. But then when it was time for Dallas Keiko to come out there, it sprinkled. And I was sitting up here like, boy, Mother Nature was on our side that time. 
Yes, it was. <laughs> no doubt, man. Because I can tell you, Fred, that raid was not friendly, but it has its time where it gave you guys the opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. And how about Adam Engel? If you guys had watched the game, he fucking leaped over the wall and snagged the ball from going out of the ballpark. And I'm talking about it probably been, it was probably like about 5,000 people in the stadium at that point. I heard so much noise. I was like, damn, how did all those people make all that noise? There's only like 5,000 people here. That place erupted. Man, hell of a five, play. hell of a catch. I was gonna say that press hell of a catch, bro. But those five thousand people sure the hell made it known that hey, that was a good catch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like I said, man, like we know how Southsiders are. And I, I was looking around, I looked at the people that was there. I was like, this is true Southside people that's up in here right now. Because at that point, they were like, Look, I don't give a fuck about no rain. <laughs> as long <laughs> as the beer and the, and the booze are still flowing, I'm gonna sit out here and watch this team. And they rewarded us with a victory. So I was really proud of that. Yesterday's game, Dylan Cease, man, showing us exactly who he could be in this league. I mean, this guy's been lights out, hell of a ball player, and another victory for the Sox on Thursday. I mean, on, on Friday. Hey, man. Hey, Prince, let me just call it out, man. Mustache Seas, man. Mustache Seas. Mustache, baby. <laughs> baby. Yes, hey, I love the players who have their own swag, Prince. When he came his first game, I saw that mustache. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I'm loving this. Then to see him again, right, have a good game. I'm like, man, mustache seeds is a thing, Chris. It might be a thing throughout the season. It like this guy is picking up being better than what he was last season. So salute to him, man. Good showing. I love what he did, man. Got to give it to him. Look, 2-0, struck out eight, was dominant, yeah. man. He was dominant. He was, man. I said, keep that mustache going, homie. Keep that same energy, bro. You got that swag going. Looking good, man. That mustache going to stick. Mustache seeds, baby. And my boy Liam Hendricks came in the game, one, two, three, and a knife to get the save. And I told you White Sox fans, relax when it came to Hendricks. He's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. And then sometimes people forget, though, last season, friends. He just started off great last season, though, you know? And he just turned it up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, give, give Hendricks a chance. You know, give him a fair chance. I think he's going to be better. Like you said, Perez came in the game, did his job. So the guy's looking like himself. He's going to be fine. So don't react, you know, to that one game that happened early in the season. No. So he got his third save on the season. Jake Berger hit a home run in the ball game. I already t- talked to you guys about him. We got, so, we got so much talent, dude. When you talk about a rookie guy like this that's now coming into the mix, he's showing you, like, hey, I'm here to play ball too. We got an embarrassment of riches. White Sox fans, don't be spoiled. Don't take this shit for granted. Show up to the ballpark. Give support for this team because this team right here, they deserve all of our support. Yep, I'm with you, Perez. They actually earned it. They The, the White Sox won 90-plus games last season. They should win 90-plus games this season. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a good team here, offensively and also defensively as well. So I love what they're doing with the bats. Pitch is starting to, to take its course as well. It's going to do well. Hey, I'm with you, Perez. Support this team. They actually earned it. Yes, sir. All right, A-Dub, let's get into some of our fighting Illini content. Now, our audience, I thought me and A-Dub was going to be done talking about Illini basketball because I'm like, listen, we got so much other stuff to talk about, but then because of the transfer portal, <laughs> we can't stop talking about the Illini. <laughs> right, right. So with that being said, the first piece of news, A-Dub, is that Sky Clark officially signed his letter of intent. So that was really good news. And what did he say? He said the main reason why he decided to commit to Illinois was he said that he was sold – by the in-house visit by Brad Underwood and also by Tim Anderson. And that just goes to show you, A-Dub, how important it is to the culture that Brad has created here in Champaign. 
Yeah, man. And that's why I give Brad a lot of props for this. It shows to everyone that, hey, this guy can recruit, man. He has a good knack of, you know, uh, talking to people, know how to talk to people. And look what happened here, Perez. It just shows you what this guy telling you, you know, Scott, like, look, the fact that I had a good dialogue with the coach, man, that sold me on this here, you know? So it just shows you right there, Perez. This is a pretty good coach here, man, when it comes down to recruiting. Great coach, great culture. And also, too, most of these players are now looking to see what type of talent is on this roster. And that's probably why you see a guy like Brandon Podzimski enter the transfer portal. Now, Brandon Podzinski, when he came to the Illini last year, was a four-star recruit out of Wisconsin. He was Wisconsin player of the year. Right. Barely, he barely played last season, and he's looking at the talent that they're bringing here in this recruiting class, he's probably realizing, where am I going to get my opportunity? <laughs> yeah, you know what, Press? I'm not even mad about him on that part, because you know what? I'm with him. You start to look like, okay, hold on, you got what? Jaden Epps, you got Harris, Ty Rogers. Sky Clark, shit, where, where, where I fit in all this here, man? We talk about all these guards. And not even that. Luke Goody, RJ yep. Melendez. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so at this point, most Illini fans didn't even fault Podzinski. And a lot of and a lot of them were sad to see the kid go because one thing that I really enjoyed about him being on the team was his work ethic. Whenever mm-hmm. I went to Champaign to cover a ball game, the first person on the court to take jump shots and warm-ups was Brandon Pazinski. Every game, it never fell. He was out there hours before the game started. And so a kid like that is going to go far. I want him to get an opportunity, and I hope it's with a program that's going to give him tons of take playing time. Yeah, I hope so too, Perez. I hope he goes somewhere where he gets a chance to play, man, because I ain't lie to you, man. In his short stint with Illini, the games he played, I was impressed, man. I like what I saw from him when he played against Northwestern, Missouri, just to name a few teams I've seen him play in. It's like, man, the guy can, can, can ball. So I, I'm with you, Perez. I'm hoping he gets a shot, get a chance, man, to show what kind of talent he really has. Yeah, to your point, yeah, he didn't really play that much, but when he got those little spot moments there, he put up some points. He, he produced, so. He'll yep. get a chance. He'll get a chance, and we'll see the player that, that everybody thinks that he could have been here in Champaign. But at the end of the day, when you look at what's happening in Illinois right now, it's a good problem because because of the influx of talent that's coming in here, we're losing people. But mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay. So you lose a Corbello, but this guy Clark comes in here, right? Right. Exactly. That- you lose a Podzinski because if he sees everybody that's coming on his team. Yep, <laughs> because the team is starting to become loaded, right, Perez? You're right. It's a good problem to have. If you're a nine fan like Perez and I, and who cover this team as well, you can see that this team is now loaded with some talented players. So it, it makes these kind of changes happen, right, for, for players like Paz to decide, okay, what I want to do now because the team is loaded. True that. Also, I talked about Corbello a second ago. He made his decision. He's going to St. John's. And I thought, A-Dub, that right there was the perfect fit for his game because one of the things I thought about in Champagne, while at times Corbello was able to get out and push the ball a little bit, a lot of times, though, they had to slow it down for Kofi. Correct. And I think that with St. John's, Corbello's going to be able to push that rock. He's not going to have to do a bunch of set plays. I think that's going to be perfect for his style of play in that system. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a nice system for him. For his. He gets a chance to play with this other guy, Alexander, on the squad. Both of those guys are guards. They can, like you say, play fast paced to that style. That's the state judge type of style. They want to run, run fast, you know, get down the court. It fits him, right, Perez? And you made a good point how Atlanta I played. We played to Kofi strength. So give it to the big guy who's who's unstoppable down low. But if you talk about Cabello style, 
it's the running gun, man. And that's what's going to fit to him very well. It's going to feel like he's at home. He's going to get to play with guys from his old high school. So he's going to be fine, man. And also, as you bring up that point with Posh Alexander, who's going to be uh, teaming up with, with Carbello, that's going to be an electrifying backcourt. Because when Ooh. I look at that situation between those two, I was like, boy, 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 that's going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I can imagine what it's going to be like for those guys playing against each other in practice, friends. That's what I'm thinking sometimes. Like, man, you guys get to go at it. And I'm pretty much sure that they're going to probably have some – they're going to have some heated interactions because the one thing that I really enjoyed about Cabello is his competitive nature. And a lot of people don't talk about this, but he's elite on defense, elite. And he takes that shit personal. And so my thing is the great spot for him is St. John's. We'll get a chance to cover him a bit because we covered DePaul basketball, so they're a part of the Big East. So a lot of nation, don't worry. You'll get your feel with – RJ Cabello content on this show. We we gonna stop talking about him just because he's not on the line now. He's a <laughs> he's a favorite of both of ours, and so we definitely are gonna keep an eye on uh, keep an eye out for Andre and what he's doing here in his career going forward. Yes, sir. It must assess him going forward. For real, for real. Um, I want to talk about Ty Rogers real quick, man. Before we get into our Bulls Bucks preview, now this is something a lot of people was like, hey. Prayers and dub. We want you guys to definitely break down this Bulls Bucks playoff series, and we will. But I wanted to talk about the fact that the Jordan Brand Classic was in Chicago on Friday. And I have to say something that just really kind of like annoys me about this whole situation with some of these tournaments that come into our city. Now, the Jordan Brand Classic, the McDonald's All-American game, they come and gone, whatever. But when you come into this city to have these tournaments, open the tournament up to everybody. There's so many people here, scouts, media folks. They shouldn't have to jump through hurdles to be able to cover your event. When you have your event in this town, broadcast and advertise it so people know that it's here. You shouldn't want empty seats at these prolific events when you have prolific talent in the building. So now, with that being said, Ty Rogers, Scott Clark, they played in the Jordan Brand Classic yesterday. And Ty Rogers ate up from what I heard because I couldn't see it myself because they didn't grant us access to this event. And it's not because I'm being salty, but there's a lot of local media that was denied interest. There was a beat reporter right. on the Alana beat that they denied interest. And this guy covers the, the team for a fucking newspaper. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, man, they got to show a little bit more respect, man, to the locals. You know what I'm saying, Perez? Who covers this stuff, man, and who spent a lot of energy and time, man, looking at these players, analyzing these players' game, man. And I think I'm with you, man. They got to start showing a little bit more love and respect, man. Yeah, because it's all for them. It's all about the major media, the national yep. media, and this and that. But those aren't the people that are covering these teams on a on a, on, a, on an everyday basis. I cover the Illini every game. Yep. There's no reason why we shouldn't have been there in attendance, and I think that these these places they got to do a better job of that. They have to. They have to support and recognize independent media. Absolutely, Perez, and that's something I hope they take in consideration moving forward, man. The change some things around, so that's good feedback right there overall, Perez. And I'm hoping. They're listening to what you're talking about right now, bro. Now, because we weren't there, I had to take this information secondhand from someone that I know from the Illini beat. He said, look, Prez, he said, Ty Rogers did not disappoint us. He said that man had a nice little dunk there. He said he looked good. He said, I can't wait to see him out in Champagne." I said, all I said to him, I responded Eesh. back. I wish me and my guy could have been there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I wish I could have been there to see that, friends. Because you and I both got a chance to see this guy. We know he got game, man. This guy got juice. Mm-hmm. The tapes don't and, lie. Oh, 
Now, this is the thing, though. Rodgers had the ball in his hands a lot from what I was told, and I think that's going to be really good for Atlanta Nation because you got a guy in Ty Rodgers that can handle the rock at that size. Sky's the limit there for him, and I keep telling you guys, if the guy can develop any sort of a jump shot, it's going to be over. Oh, yeah. He get a consistent jump shot press. That is just game changing for that guy. I know you and not talked about that. It's, it's, it's opportunity there, man. But I'm telling you, he has a chance to build that up for real. Yep. And the reason why he was able to, to handle the rock the way he was, because Sky Clark didn't play in the game yesterday. I'm sure he just say, hey, I'm just going to sit this out. You know, <laughs> he, showed up to, he showed up to Chicago, took part in everything. I saw, I saw that the media was meeting with him, but. It was really encouraging, though, to see that Ty Rodgers was able to run the offense, though, in that game because that gives you a sign of how Brad could potentially use him in spots in the fall. Yep, absolutely. Another ball handler press, a guy who can run the offense, do some things like that. I mean, that's just another game changer right there. That's what helps you get to that next step, right? If you want to be a guard, you know, in, in the pro level press, learning how to run the system, man, learning how to run the offense, you know, and understanding how to, you know, uh, how the game changes that way. I mean, that just shows your IQ, right? And I think with him having that ability, that's just going to be helpful for him, man, down the road with his career in college or on the next level. No, fair point there. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens because as we talked about, you got Scott Clark, you got Jay Nepps, you got Sincere. You, you got all these potential guys that can handle the rock. And there's still people in the portal that Brad Underwood and his staff are going after. So we still don't even know what people are going to come in here. Yeah, man, this team is not finished just yet, Perez. Still another move or two to make. And we don't even know if Kofi decides to come back, which we got 10 days of waiting to see what happens there. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, man. That's going to be interesting too, man. I, I would love to see Kofi come back. I ain't lying to you. You and I talked about that already. But, man, that could be huge if he comes back for the Atlanta. And thank God for the NIL because if it without the NIL, it wouldn't even be possible. Kofi wouldn't even entertain that shit. But one thing to keep in mind, if Kofi signs any sort of a two-way deal, like a G League type of deal, he probably would make somewhere in the $400,000, $500,000 a year area. They're saying if he returns back to Illinois next season with the NIL, he can make more than that down to Champaign. Man, look. Looking at financial-wise, it probably makes sense to come back to Illini. But for his pro prospects, what if he just wants to go ahead and just get an early start on getting into the NBA and, and kind of doing things there? It, it just it, what, what if money's not his sole factor? Now, if it is his sole factor, then I agree. Go back to school. But what if he's just at the point where he's like, I just want to get to the NBA? Yeah, man, that could be the thing right there, Perez, what he wants to do with his career, right? What's most important for your career? What's going to help you get to that next level and stay there, really? That's about getting to the G League or get a little small showing with an, an NBA team and then get dropped back down. That's not always a great thing, right? You want to get there. You want to stay. So whatever you think is going to be best for your career, make the decision, Kofi. Yep. But I'll tell you one thing, A-Dub, if he returns back to Champaign, he's got the, the chance to be the all-time leading scorer in Illinois, the all-time leading rebounder, and he will go down. I mean, he's probably already going to go down as that, but imagine if he's the all-time leading scorer and rebounder and they have a good season. Oh, he'll be King Kofi. And then For real. <laughs> legacy, baby. They got a good legacy with the line now if you do that. So that's what he could look at, Perez, and say, oh, what can I accomplish by coming back for another season? Not only setting records whatever, right, Perez, but also what can I work on also on my game, right, that you and I talked about. So he got a couple of things he can think about. Yep. I mean, look at the way Io is treated on that campus. 
Oh, man. So imagine Ooh. Kofi coming back. Man, he might even eclipse the way Io's viewed. No, like seriously, Perez, like <laughs> he woke on camera. He the big, like you say, he the king. <laughs> yeah. He the king. So, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Well, speaking of Io, let's get into our Bulls Bucks preview, Adel, before we get out of here. So now I'll tell, I'll tell you this. Not many people are giving the Bulls a chance to beat the Bucks in this series. Charles Barkley, what did he say, Adel? He said, we're going to get our asses kicked. He did say it. Yep. And that's okay, because I look at this, I like being the underdog. I was uncomfortable early in the season how confident I was about this team. I was uncomfortable with how many people were saying, hey, this Bulls team, hey, they're they, they going to be all right. We were starting to get a lot of credit from the outside world, and I ain't like that, because I prefer being the underdog. I prefer people sleeping on this team. Now, I will say this, though. This team down the stretch has not performed well. We've been very critical of the team. But it don't mean that we still ain't rocking with this team, y'all. Exactly, Perez. I'm still all in with the Bulls, man, win or lose or whatever. But you're right, man. We had a little struggles down the stretch, man. We got guys that came back, you know, from injuries and all those different things. You know how it is, Perez. You're trying to find your way on this team, trying to find your role again. Just a lot of changes that the Bulls actually have gone through, man, uh, the second half of the season. So, you know, I'm still rocking with these guys against the Bucks. Again, we, we, we may not beat the Bucs, of course, with the Bucs championship caliber team, Perez. Overall, I'm hoping we learn a lot from this series, you know, and hoping we can win a game or two out of it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, when like I said, speaking of Io, one of the things that I really liked about some of the comments that he's made, so the media asked him about, you know, his thoughts about the outside perception, and he was like, look, everybody in this fa facility, everybody in this facility believes we can win. And he said that's all that really matters, and I like that viewpoint because – Honestly, it has to be a us versus them mentality. Yeah. If everybody's counting you out, and if you guys have beliefs in yourself, and belief in yourself, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Agree, Perez. Having belief in yourself, also realize you got nothing to lose in this series anyway, right, Perez? Because you're the underdogs. So look, you all pressure's on the Bucks. All you guys have to go out there and do is play hard and play freely, right? And hopefully, you can shock the shit out of them. So that's what you're looking to do in this series. Well, because, yeah, we know how it went this season. The Bucks swept us 4-0. Giannis has pretty much had his way against the Bulls as of late, and so we know what that's like. But I would say this. One of my big keys in this victory, I mean, one of my big keys in this series, A-Dub, is guarding Giannis. Because, as I said, this dude's won 13 straight matchups with the Bulls. I mean, this goes back some years now. And... His combination of speed, lift, strength, and just his fucking tenacity, bro, fucking ridiculous. So now, we talk about guarding him. You got to probably start with P-Will on him to begin, right? Yes, absolutely. I think you also got to throw Tristan at him. I think Vooch is going to have to step up and help out a little bit, and maybe even Jones Jr. or Javante Green. But it's going to have to be a fucking committee of people throwing bodies at Giannis. Yes, Prez. Throwing bodies at him, playing them physical, right? Because we can't let this guy just go downhill, man, and start this ducking on us, man. We got to make it very tough for this guy, man. And now he's starting to make jump shots now, shoot threes yep. and deuces. That makes it even tougher to guard him. I'd rather him shoot jump shots than go to the basket, right? I remember doing that to live in the free throw line. So I'm with you, Prez. We want to make it really tough for this guy, man, make it very difficult for him. And I just can't, I don't want us having letting this guy get those easy buckets, man, driving to the lane and getting dunked. You got to give him different looks. And that's why I say you got to throw pretty much everything at him. But yep. you, can't be, you can't be predictable. 
right? And I think that's the biggest thing. So P. Will, man, this is going to be a very important assignment for him, but they got to give him help. They got to make sure that Gian – because Giannis has seen every type of defense possible, eh, Dub? You know this. Yep. I know this. You know what I mean? But with a situation like this in the playoffs, bro, this is chess. It's chess moves all day long. So this is going to be a challenge for the coach, Perez, that, hey, coach will have to make some adjustments here, Perez. You're going to play, like you said, man, you're going to play a chess match. You can't go in and play this like it's a regular season game, man. This is serious business here, you know, when it comes down to guarding Giannis, you know, the Greek. This dude <laughs> is the real deal, man. Can't play him like a regular season game. You got to go all out on this guy, man. You're right. Give him different looks, Perez. Force them to jump shots, you know, not give him driving lanes, man. It's going to be a total team effort in slowing this dude down. Total team. And not even to mention the fact that the, the – the, uh, not even to mention the fact that he's turned into a really solid passer too as of late in his career, you know, down the stretch here in his career. And look at those type of shooters that they have in that lineup on Milwaukee. They got players, man. They got guys who can make baskets. You know, and one of the guys that really I think is going to be a challenge for us, friends, is going to be Drew Holiday. Of course. How do we slow down Drew Holiday? Because Drew Holiday's had his way with us too, right? He hasn't been only just a Greek. He's been playing his ass off against us. So how do you slow him down, man? What does Io do in this case here, you know, or whoever else guarding him, right? How do we slow this dude down? Because he's the a, a factor, right, offensively and defensively for that team. So what can we do to hold Drew Holiday, man, and not let him get into lanes and make those little easy, little small mid-range jump shots, man, that can kill us? Well, I would also say, too, in addition to Drew Holiday, Middleton. Because he's also another one that you got to keep your eye on, you know. And they even got yep. their role players: Lopez, Bobby yep. Porter, Connaughton, Wesley Matthews. So they there's a lot of guys on this team. The others, as Shaq yes. always says, as you always bring up, that's what you got to really pay attention to when you look at this matchup. Now, I do have to say though, you brought up Io's name, and I think Io is going to be key, not only just on defensively, but what Io is going to be able to do to support. DeRozan and Levine, because I think one of my other keys in this matchup is who is going to be an X factor to help those two out offensively? We need an X factor for real, Perez. I mean, the, the Bulls going to need one, man. Who's going to be that guy? Because you hit a good point. All those guys you mentioned for uh, the Bucks, they had, I mean, we've seen Lopez help out, right? Do his, his job, right? You're like, hey, where you at, Vooch? So it's like, well, we're going to need Vooch. <laughs> we're going to need him to do a thing. We're going to need Caruso. We're going to need the others, man, to really play an impact on this game, man, if we have a chance. Kobe White. Yep. I need you I need you to walk to the front of the congregation where I can have a quick conversation with you, brother. <laughs> All right. You got to shoot better than 19% from three-point range, brother. Come on Facts. now. Facts. That's what he did in the series against them this season. We can't have that. We can't have that. Pat Williams. I need you to come down to the front of the congregation. Hey, on them closeouts, you got to be decisive. You got to know what the hell you're doing out there, man. That one second when you hesitate, Giannis is gone. He gone. Yep. Ayo, I need you to step to the front of the congregation, sir. I need him to make smart decisions with the basketball, A-Dub. They're going to give him opportunities to have the ball in his hand. Ayo, we know you got the talent. We also know that you haven't been in this position before. But, brother, game one, we need you to come out the gates ready to ball. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to go back on something you said about Pat Williams, man, on the fact of his defense. And I'm glad you brought this part of his defense up. I want to talk about his offense because we're going to need that too, Perez. Like, hey, dude, we saw the last game of the season, how you went out there, he just balled out. 
you play freely, you know, you played your game. We're going to need you to do that as well you know, uh, with, with, in the playoffs too. We're going to need you to step your game up. We can't have you being decisive and looking for the roles to bail you out or, you know, or someone else. You got to be in the, the cash in, man, on offense as well. Yeah, but that's actually a lot of him, man, because you got to think about all the energy he's going to expend on the defensive side of the floor, and then you want him to be a catalyst on offense too. That's why I didn't bring him up offensively because I want him, listen, I want him to give fucking Giannis the business on the defensive side of the ball. So I'll give Pat Williams a slight, a slight benefit of the doubt and say, okay, if he's not aggressive offensively, it's because he's over here expending himself on the defensive side of the, of the court. But – Pat Williams, if you get an open shot, take that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Don't hesitate, man, because uh, we know what's happening right here, Press. They're going to load up on DeMar DeRozan. You of already course. know already right there. So of course. That means guys like you are open, Pat. Hey, man, take the shot like Press said, man. Cash in, bro, because you know what's going to happen. We know what they're going to do to us uh, when we've got the offense. They loading up, man, on our guys, man. Zach Levine, they're going to load up on him, too. So, look. The others got to cash in, man. Vooch, make your damn shots, man. You got to make shots, too. So you can't be playing around, sitting out there, waiting to take threes all day long, dude. We a beast in the inside, hell. If Brook Lopez can, can body us up in the inside, you can do the same thing, dude. You're seven foot. Be a man down there. So we're going to need you ooh, big time. Talk to him. Talk to him, Doug. Hey, because he ticked me off at times, friends. You know, you, we got role players showing you up, dude. Brook Lopez, those guys are role players. Vooch, you are all-star kind of a player, man. You can't let no role player show you up, man. Can't happen, bro. Especially in the playoffs, bro. You know that already. Listen, I agree with everything you said. That's why I, I got quiet. I was like, shit, go ahead. Talk to him. <laughs> Straight up, man. And your boy, man, look, we're we going to need him to play harder and tougher, man, for sure. But you know what? I brought up a point about experience earlier when it came to I.O. But you got to think we got yeah. a lot of guys on this team that don't have a lot of playoff experience. Not That's just I.O., Kobe, Zach. Think about it, as long as Zach's been in the league, Zach has never been in the playoffs. This is new to him. Pat Williams, right? But yep. I'm hoping with guys like Tristan, guys like DeRozan, guys like Caruso, having those guys on this team can kind of give some of that ingredients there to this team and help them out in this series. Yeah, we could, we're going to need that, Perez. The guys who have the experience that have been there before, we're going to need them to really be telling these guys about what it's like planning a series like this, right? Because the thing is, we're going to a team that possibly can win it all again, right? So it's like, look, you you don't need that knowledge. That these players who first time is going to need to hear what it's like going through the trenches like this. No, that's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Um, Vooch also has had some playoff experience, I think like maybe 10 or 11 games, so he can add something to the mix there as well. But when you got a guy like Zach Levine, and Zach Levine, you know, they asked him about, you know, the, about being in the playoffs after all this time. And he said, hey, it's been a long road. You know, I worked my ass off. But he said, hey, I didn't duck the challenge. I didn't leave to go to another team. And I right. respect that because he didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I he respect that here. too. Yeah, yeah I'm he glad stayed. he stayed, man. Yep, I'm with that, bro. But I do also worry about him, friends. Is he, is he healthy enough, man? How's that knee, bro? Well, so, A-Dub, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of my X factors in this matchup. Because I think he's as healthy as he can be. But come on, man. We all know that he's not – he's nowhere close to 100%. He's been dealing with this knee soreness since January. Yep. And they've been balancing practice with him. He's been doing a lot of film work, a lot of treatment during their week of preparation. And I think it's up – what I'm really hopeful for is because they don't do back-to-backs in the playoffs. 
I think that's going to help Zach with the knee injury. It will help him manage it at least. You know what I mean? I hope so, man, because this is going to be a physical series, Fred. You know, Milwaukee Bucks, they play physical, man. Then you got guys where they also play a little dirty as well, right? <laughs> I got to go that route too. But it's like, man, this is going to be a physical series. We ain't right. talking about him on this show. <laughs> fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, bro, 100% though, man. But you worry about stuff like that, right, when it comes down to Zach, who's already got a, a tough knee, right? You're like, right. you're going to play in a tough series, bro, where these guys are going to play you physical, man. And can your body hold up, right? Can you hold up? You're right, Perez. You're going to get a day off or so, but, man, is that enough? And I hope it is enough, but you kind of wonder, right, when you go into the series, what that's going to look like. Well, okay. Well, think about this, A-Dub. Game one is on Sunday. Game two's on Wednesday. He's got a two-day layoff. Nice layoff, too. Nice layoff. You know what I'm saying? Then they come to Chicago Friday. Next game, Sunday. So yeah. I'm hoping that, hey, if Zach goes out there and gives us 35 minutes, whatever it is, that he's got two days to ease up on that knee. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. That's good. That's a good layoff, too, Press. That's enough to get your body right, I hope, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Between that, that, I think that was, like, one of my bigger X, X factors, the Kobe White. Yeah. To me, he's the key, bro. He's the key. Yeah, Kobe's going to be key, Press. Can he be consistent? Because we already know he don't have great defense. We already know that already. That's just a, you know, he tries sometimes, but he just don't have it, right? It's not your DNA. Uh, but if he can make shots... That's what we're going to really need for him. This guy to make big buckets, especially from the three-point line, right? You're going to have to hit that very well. You're going to have to be, like you said, Perez, you talked about his percentage already where it looks like against the Bucks. He's going to have to make those shots, man, when they count. But as I talked about on this show before, A-Dub, the shots that he was getting against the Bucks were good shots. He just wasn't knocking them down. So we got to get him to knock those shots down. But also, too, you know how Billy Donovan is with Kobe. If Kobe's defense is all how it's been, how it's been all inconsistent, his decision-making is all stupid, well, he ain't going to get no playing time. So I think True. that's going to be the key for Kobe. He's got to play solid defense, and he's got to be smart with the ball. Because if he's doing those things, then Donovan will give him a little extra time out there. Exactly, Perez. He can't be out there relying heavily on DeRozan either, right? You got to be aggressive, man. And I'm with you. You got to make buckets, man. I mean, you got to be consistent. You got to hit the shots, especially when you're wide open, man. You're right. He missed a lot of those shots, man. I was like, dang, what is going on with this dude's shot? So right. hope he gets it back, Chris. It'll be a good time to get your shot back. Yes, sir. And Pat Will on Giannis. Brother, do work. Now, we know Giannis is close to unstoppable. Now, I would say there's some things you could do to limit him. And I'm hoping that Pat Will gives him a fucking fit out there. And guess what? Throw Tristan over there. Throw Vooch over there. Throw everybody <laughs> over there. Javante. Joe Street. I don't give a fuck. Caruso. Throw them all right. out. Exactly. Everybody get a crack at that dude, man, because we're going to need everybody to slow this dude down. Yes, sir. But listen, help DeRozan out. Don't make DeRozan have to go one-on-four in this series. We need the others to step up. Yes, sir. We do, man. The others got to play a factor. All right, A-Dub, before we get out of here, what's your prediction for the series? Uh, four to one bucks. I think the bucks win four to one. Okay. I'm going to give the bulls two wins in this series. So I'm going to still say the bucks win. I got the bucks in six. Now I okay. will say you and I talked about what would have made this season a success. And we said, if the bulls would advance to the second round, I don't necessarily see that happening. However, you know, you and I both are going to be sitting here every game. We're going to be pulling for our team. And listen, I hope they shock the world. I really do. Me too. No one's giving them credit. They dub. You and I both are predicted against the Bulls. So I hope they heard this podcast. And I hope they said, okay, bet. A-Dub and Prez, we'll show you. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Hey, you show me up on that note. We end up winning the series. Hey, I'm good. Prayers now I'll be happy. But I think the Bulls are due for a couple games, man, where they just shoot lights out. And I'm hoping that happens at home and selfishly because I'm going to be in games three and four. But I just <laughs> want to go crazy. I want to go crazy at the UC, man. That's a success right there, Chris. If the Bulls win two games against the Bucks, to me, that's a success. You ask me, right? Because you're going against a team that won a championship in a championship caliber team, as I mentioned already. So right. to me, that's a success. I, and another reason, too, why I don't see us winning this series is just the experience factor. The Bucks won the championship last year. The matchups are lopsided. And also, yeah. Our record against elite teams this season? Atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> it's been ugly, man. And that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. And you hit a good point, Perez. You talked about the matchups, man. Just the matchup issue here with this team. Yep. But listen, I can't wait to the games today, and we'll see what happens, audience. Final segment time. If this city can talk, keeping it short and simple, it's time to see red. Let's support our Chicago Bulls. I know everybody's counting them out. A-Dub and I predicted against them, but we still going to be riding with this team. Let's put our full support behind these guys. Get out there to the UC next weekend. It's been a long time since we had playoff basketball here in this town. Let's enjoy that fact. Bulls are relevant again. Let's go. Yes, sir, Prez. Bulls are relevant. Let's support these guys. I'm with you 100%, man. They're in the playoffs. They're going to get some great team. Let's just enjoy the ride, baby. Um, if this city can talk, it will say, hey, salute to Jason Hayward for Chicago Cubs for donating his salary from the game on Jackie Robinson Day. He donated his salary pretty much to help in the city and also rural baseball teams, man, who are struggling for help. So salute to Jason Hayward for that and salute to the MLB for also supporting um, Jason Hayward and all the guys who also came out to show con contributing him for all the things he's done for baseball. I love that. I hope the Chicago Cubs match that donation because I think that's huge. We always talked about the fact that in the inner city, the baseball fields are all, like, run down. They don't yeah. have the equipment. You know, and baseball is a dying sport in the inner city. You know, basketball yep. is the sport that rules supreme in the inner city. And so I, I big salute to Jason Hayward because I think that's a good step in the right direction. But we know there's a lot more that people can be doing out there to save baseball in the inner cities. Yeah, Prince, I would say, man, just seeing the fact that less than 8% of the players in the MLB are uh, African-American, you know, that's kind of tough hearing that, that percentage press, that's less than 8%. So you're right. We need more baseball, man, in the inner city. And I'm hoping that, you know, what Jason here was doing and others who are also probably going to do the same thing at some point to definitely show support and, and bring that energy, man, because we do need baseball with these kids in the city, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform. We're the Chicago State of Mind. Thanks for listening. And we are out. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.